When Roberta asks me for a title for the sermon, it's usually far too early in the week. Shake, rattle and roll would have been brilliant, would it not, this week? But instead of that, we've got this title. The kindness is the new rock and roll. Um, For those who were listening on Friday morning and my uh, thought for the day, um, I looked at a few things that were belting out of the car stereo um, uh, just a few weeks ago. There was uh, a few albums come out in one week. And the amazing thing about these albums was that there was a word that kept coming back at me. Um, Three times in the one week this word kept coming through and I kept going, what is that about? And um, I might have got the answer this morning in a completely um, unconnected Facebook um, status by Claire Nickel. I might have actually got to the bottom of it this morning, but she put that up. She is a baby. So she put that up at an unearthly hour that um, none of the rest of us were awake for. Um, so, uh, so we might, might get to the bottom of why this, this has happened. Um, it started with um, a guy from Glenarm called Ben Glover. And um, Ben has a song on his brilliant new record, and this is not my old radio show, me plugging albums, by the way. We'll, we will get to something, but let me explain it. Um, he has an album, his new album, Shorebird, that says, May you know kindness, may kindness know you. It's a, it's a beautiful prayer, and it's about bringing kindness, about experiencing kindness, knowing kindness in your life. So the kindness word really struck me through this prayer off Ben's album. And then I turned south to my good mate Ian Archer, and he's just made uh, a record with uh, Frank Turner. And Neil Sedgwick has been trying to get me into Frank Turner for years, and it took Ian Archer writing a few songs with him to really get me into Turner. But Turner's album out the same week as Ben's is called Be More Kind, Kind Again. And he sings in a world that has decided that it's going to lose its mind. Be more kind, my friends. Try to be more kind. His whole album's about the the state the world is in, almost like um, the days of Elijah that we sang earlier in the service and how kindness and love And he has another song called, um, Don't Just Pray, Be the Change. Don't Just Pray, Be the Change. And I'm not aware that Turner has any um, Christian affiliation at all, but um, there we are. Be more kind, my friends. Try to be more kind. Ian, um, who didn't co-write that song, but some of the songs in the album did co-write the song that I used as the title, Kindness is the New Rock and Roll. It's all full of love bursting from its seams. So let's make kindness the new rock and roll. We need kindness. So I set myself off in my thought for the day on the idea of kindness. And then this week, three weeks after those three albums come out, Ray La Montagna, when kindness is the greatest gift that one can share, why choose hate to subjugate your fellow man? When kindness is the greatest gift that one can share, why choose hate to subjugate your fellow man? Again, bringing this kindness into a world that needs kindness. So I ask myself, well, what's this kindness? What's the context of these songs? And the context of the songs are very like the days of Elijah or the days of Isaiah that we'll come to in a moment. There is this world that seems to be at sea and chaos, whether we agree or don't agree with Trump and Brexit and America and Russia and the Syrian refugees and uh, the Northern Ireland inertia and what Brexit might mean for us and divisions of all those referendums that are going on around us. There's a lot of angst. There's a lot of division. 
There's a lot of fear. There's a lot of uncertainty. And in the midst of that, in the midst of that, these guys are singing that we need some kindness. It was into such a world that Isaiah had his vision. Same kind of world as we're living in. If we read the first five chapters of Isaiah, we find that uh, Isaiah is given as a picture of the state the world was in when he had his vision. The, the forgotten, the forsaken God. This is the people of God have forsaken God. A recurring theme in the Old Testament would have to be said. Their worship has become futile. A recurring theme in the Old Testament would have to be said. Corruption is beginning to mark out leadership. There's corruption and there's greed. And the greed has led to injustice. And God is railing against the world of Isaiah's day. The world's in a state. The world is in transition. You remember last year we were thinking a lot about that world of Isaiah 6 being in transition. The king has died. There's a gap. There's a void. There's a transition. And the people are very, very unsettled and confused in the middle of it. And it's into that world that Isaiah gets this vision of God. And what better for us as a community or as individuals to get ourselves a vision of God in the midst of the world that we live in. In the conversations that go on around us, as we watch the news, as we read books, as we try to come to terms with this first 20 years of the 21st century, as we see the vast change that is happening across this island, never mind across the world, what better for us that in the midst of it we find a vision, who is God? And it might be a different God or a different vision of God than the church has had up until now. And maybe we need to seek a few questions out as to how we can do God better or how we can follow God better or how we can be sent by God better. But the first thing is we need the vision. The train of his robe filled the temple. He's trying to think of an illustration of a big Wedding train, couldn't think of one. Oh yes, there she was last Saturday. With that, I just felt sorry for those wee guys running around like the Queen's servants, uh, page boys they called them. But you wouldn't have wanted to get that wrong. But God's train of his robe filled the temple. Isaiah's got a vision of God here that shakes the very foundations of what he believed about God. It shook all his preconceptions. It shook all his theologies. It shook all his coming to church as usual kind of thoughts. He got a vision of God that was beyond words and descriptions. God. Beyond us. Filling the universe. Being other, other, other than. Holy, holy, holy. Other other, other, set apart, different than all was going on in chapters 1 to 5. And into the midst of that, coming out of the first five chapters, Isaiah is well aware that he's caught up in the complicity of the first five chapters. Yes, as an individual he's ruined, but more than that, he's ruined 
because the people of God are ruined. There is no individualism to this faith dynamic in the Bible. And there's no individualism to what happened in Northern Ireland had nothing to do with us because we lived in the leafy suburbs and we didn't think that about other people and we didn't lift a gun or we weren't involved or we didn't... Cromwell's not up to us. Might be an idea and an interesting idea in a secular modern worldview, but not when it comes to the scriptures. I am a man of unclean lips among a people of unclean lips and I'm complicit with the people of chapters 1 to 5. I'm part of this fallenness. I'm part of this world that's going on around. And we need to move from being caterpillars to butterflies. But we can do nothing about it. We can do nothing about it. As with John 3 and 16, as with the rebirth that Nicodemus is told about in John chapter 3, as with grace as I've preached it so many times, in this situation in Isaiah, in the vision of how we're going to change the world, God moves first. God moves. Isaiah knows he can do nothing about it. He's a caterpillar destined to eat too much. But God moves. The God who is holy and other. His holiness, his otherness is that no matter what state the world is in, or no matter what state Stockman's in, or no matter what state anyone's in, I'm going to move in my otherness with a grace and a love, and dare I call it before we get to the word, a kindness that will change who we are. It changed who Isaiah was. His guilt was taken away and his sin was atoned for and the caterpillar of Isaiah became the butterfly of Isaiah. There was rebirth before Jesus ever got to speak to Nicodemus. There was redemption. God made redemption happen. And there was commissioning. Once we get ourselves into the butterfly state, once redemption comes to the core of our humanity, don't think that we can sit in a corner and bask in that and think it's great that God loves us because immediately, who will go for us? Whom shall I send? Only time. Only time anybody in the Bible, I think, Desi and Gary and I could have a discussion about it later, but I think it's about the only time that God gives a choice. He usually calls, come and follow me. But this is the time he says, who will go for us in a kind of a vague, well, Isaiah's in the temple and we know who it's for and Isaiah knows who it's for, but it's a kind of a, who will go for us? What have I just done for this person? And Isaiah says, here am I. Send me. A vision of God, a vision of our humanity, our fallen, broken humanity, a vision of God's redemption, a vision of God's commissioning that we should go. They were singing just a moment ago, I just can't believe where my life was at. Think of it as Isaiah. All that I know is my heart was broken and I don't ever want to go back. There ain't no explanation how I saw the light. He found me and he set me free and he brought me back to life. Blame it on the transformation, changed down to the core. His love is real and I can't sit still. Shake, 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 I guess. What about Isaiah in those words? What about Nicodemus in those words, though it's a longer time before he responds to them? 
What about me in those words? What about us? What about us? Blame it on the transformation. Change down to the core. His love is real and I can't sit still. Isaiah couldn't sit still. The Samaritan woman couldn't sit still. People were being told by Jesus to stop because they couldn't sit still and he wanted them to wait for a time. So who are we as we're being sent? Well, it seems to me, and I may be contriving it, but I really don't think I am, that into the modern world as we're looking for kindness, so into Isaiah's world, God sent him. And I think we're sent with this kindness word. See, I had to start thinking about it. Kindness. What is it? And immediately, of course, all our minds are into Galatians. Chapter 5. Love, peace. Love, joy, peace. Forbearance. Kindness. Goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. How does kindness stand out? I started to ask. What is kindness in difference to goodness? Or is it different to love? Or is it a combination of them all? Or is it a posture we have? So... There's a Bible scholar, he's Greek, can't remember, Sodietes or Sodietes or something. And it, it was just Googling definitions of kindness. And this uh, New Testament American Greek scholar said, It is the grace which pervades the whole nature, mellowing all which would be harsh and austere. Kindness. It is the grace which pervades the whole nature, mellowing all which would be harsh and austere. The world my guys are singing into is harsh and austere. The world we live in today is a harsh and austere world. And the discussions on both sides of every argument are harsh and austere. And we're called to go. To bring a posture in our inner souls into the midst of the, heart, the harshness, the coldness, the darkness that might change all the relationships around us towards love. Towards love. And so my Facebook quote Came in late. Claire Nickel. Apologises, she can't be here. But will listen now online because I'm quoting her. She was watching the film Wonder. Have you seen that? I haven't seen it. There's a book as well. And the inspiration for the book was a mother who took her children into a cafe. And there was a very badly defigured child a facially defigured child in the restaurant of the same age as her children. And she took them out rather than have them to confront this that they might have to deal with later and live to ever regret it because that child needed kindness, but they fled from the kindness. I don't know that the book's specifically about that. That's the research I did after I got uh, Claire's uh, Facebook message early this morning. Claire's message was a quote from the film, I think, not the book. And it says this. If every person in this room made it a rule that wherever you are, 
whenever you can, you will try to act a little kinder than is necessary. The world really would be a better place. And if you do this, if you act just a little kinder than necessary, someone else, somewhere, someday, may recognize in you, in every single one of you, the face of God. Wow. When you're looking for an ending to a sermon, there's a quote for Facebook. Just read the last bit of it. And if you do this, if you act just a little kinder than is necessary, someone else, somewhere, someday, may recognize in you, in every single one of you, the face of God on the borders of Syria, in Myanmar this morning, in India this summer, in Uganda, on University Street, in East Belfast, South Belfast, North Belfast, I'll go as far as Cumber, any other takers. Everyone in the room made it a rule. Now let me take it back to Isaiah. What are they going to find in this kindness? What is someone, someplace, someday, somewhere going to find? The face of God. That's what Isaiah saw. In the midst of his austere, cold, harsh, godless world, a vision of who God was. And it transformed him. Transformed him into being somebody different with another vision with another hope with better news with love and grace and redemption and when God asked who would go he said send me can I ask us as individuals in a congregation this week that if we're a little kinder if we would be more kind if, if, if kindness would become our Christianity and a rock and roll that maybe someone this week in your presence and in mine in our presence might see the face of a God who loves them unconditionally and who is compassionately caring in kindness let's pray Lord, we thank you that at the heart of the character of God is kindness, love, joy, peace, forbearance, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. That these fruit of the Spirit come as the Spirit infects us with the character of God. And Lord, we can say what we like about the world and we would have very different opinions in here about all the very different opinions out there. But the one thing we can agree on is that we're in a world that could do with more love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. So God, give us a vision of who you are, a vision of who we are, and a vision of what your redemption has done for us and then give us the courage to respond to the commission to go into the world 
and be a little more loving and joyous and peaceful and for all those fruit of the Spirit, Lord. Help us to bring them into the world that others might see in the midst of an austere, harsh, cold, dark world. The face of God. The face of God. Because surely we believe, Lord, that that would change lives and communities. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen. And to God be the glory.